hour number two. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby as we say welcome back inside the home of Sooner fans. Hanging out at Cavens Group today, 14 years in business, and you don't get that accomplished without being pretty good at what you do. And what Cavens does is take care of you whenever emergency strikes. That's uh, you name it, mold removal, emergency water extraction, emergency sewage cleanup, trauma, crime scene, tear gas, biohazard cleanup, uh, emergency board ups, tornado and storm damage emergency response, smoke and fire damage cleanups, just about anything you can think of. Cavens Group, disaster response, they are here for you. We always say just plug the number into your phone. Uh, don't go searching when you have uh, an emergency. Have it right at your fingertips. Cavens Group, plug it in. In the OKC Metro, 405-573-3048. Out in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And uh, for any of the folks that uh, aren't in the greater OKC or Tulsa Metros, all of Oklahoma, Kansas, North Texas, Arkansas, and now Missouri, you can use the uh, number, and uh, Cavens will take care of you at 800-594-4437. You can check out Cavens Group online, cavensgroup.com. Hour number two, one thing that uh, anytime a college coach heads to the NFL, we see this take out there, that name, image, likeness, oh, man, it's out of control. Everybody everybody uh, hates it. That's why they're jumping ship from college football to the NFL, and Adam Schefter, he uh, is the latest to jump on that trend. Uh, USC running backs coach has left USC to take the same gig with the Los Angeles Chargers. Want to dive into that in just a moment. Is, again, this another example of name, image, likeness, and coaches fleeing for greener pastures, or is this just, I don't like the way things are going at USC, so I'm getting the, the heck out of here while the getting is good. We can uh, dive into that in a moment. We welcome in, uh, well, our friend, Gary Cavins, to the program. Gary, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, last time you and I spoke, a uh, month or so ago, you were down in Texas uh, getting getting new certification, learning about the latest and the greatest. So how are things, uh, how are things going? They're going great. We're going great. We got a, I picked up a couple of... New certifications in water restoration and uh, mold remediation, and uh, you know, did some uh, training while I was down there for my Texas licensing and everything down there, getting it all squared away. So everything's going really good. We uh, we're talking about it. the The weather is gorgeous right now. I mean, the this weekend and into next week looks picture perfect. But you and I know the rainy uh, the rainy weather not too far away. I. I you and I were talking, and I said, well, there might be one more icy day or two around the corner. Doesn't look like it right now, but uh, you just don't know. But, hey, you guys are here in case pipes freeze, and there could be a, a water issue as soon as those pipes thaw. But uh, really just water extraction in general. A hundred percent. You know, uh, right now I'm seeing a lot of sewage backups. It's kind of crazy, but uh, sewage backing up into buildings and uh causing losses that way you know because if sewage backs up into a building you know you got to remember it's got half it 
you don't know what diseases are in that sewage, hepatitis, um, HIV. There's all kinds of different diseases that can be in there. It's the same as blood is a prime example, you know. And so, you know, having, if you have a sewage backup from a main line that was uh, clogged and it's backing up into your building and it needs to be cleaned up and extracted and sanitized and taken care of properly to make sure that, you know, that there's no health effects for your employees or your customers or anything like that, you know, give us a call. We're here 24-7 to help with that. But, you know, if you have a pipe break and it floods your property, we're here 24-7 for that, too. And we have the best equipment in the state of Oklahoma, um, you know, the, the best tech and the best trained guys. We spend a lot of money and a lot of time on training. We spend a lot of money and a lot of time uh, investigating the best equipment to have. And, and we make sure that we have it here at Cayman's. We always say, Gary, just plug the number in. If you're in OKC 405, the greater OKC metro area, 405-573-3048. For those of you listening along in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. But uh, for all of Oklahoma, Kansas, North Texas, Arkansas, and now Missouri, 1-800-594-4437. Just plug the numbers in and be prepared because you never know when emergency might strike. Not not at all. You know, they always happen at the most inconvenient times, usually around Friday, about 5 o'clock or 4.30, you know, or just That's a little bit after. From experience, huh? From experience. Um, or a Saturday night or, you know, Sunday night. They always happen at the most inconvenient times, and we're here to help 24-7. Uh, you call us, you're going to get a live person, uh, one of the team members here at Cavens, and um, they're going to dispatch out a team to help you, whether it's a mold issue, a water issue, um, a sewage flood issue, um, a fire issue, crime scene cleanup, um, you know, any of that kind of stuff. We have teams on standby to help with that 24-7, 365. The water extraction side, I think it's easy to wrap the brain around. Okay, we, we got to get this water out of here, and we got to stop this this uh, water flooding, and we got to do it in a hurry. Uh, the The importance of time, right, really for – just about all of the emergency cleanup services, you don't want to wait. The importance of let's act now, how important is it? It's super important. It's really important. And what a lot of people don't realize, too, is, you know, oh, I had a little bit of water uh, in my wall. No big deal. You know, it's in the wall. Well, if it's in the wall, then, you know, it's in your sheetrock. It's in your insulation. Well, what's in your sheetrock and insulation? It's a cellulose-based product. Well, a cellulose-based product um, you get the moisture content right, you get the humidity right, and you get the food in there, and then you end up with mold. And so then it starts growing in the walls because you didn't have your walls, your walls dried when they're wet. And we have technology where we can see in there. You know, I talk about this all the time. Insurance covers water drying, structural drying, and stuff like that, but they don't cover mold in most cases. Some cases they do if you have really good insurance, uh, but most cases they don't. And, you know, so it's one of those things where we have technology, we have high-end, uh, really expensive thermal imaging equipment that can, we can look in the wall, we can see where the moisture's at, we can know where we can dry. Um, we have a bunch of different stuff, I won't get into it all right now, but we have a bunch of different stuff where we can track that water. And we can make sure that that wall is dried so that you don't end up with a mold issue down the road that, that's going to affect health and safety. Um, you know, I have a customer and uh, I'm going to leave everything nameless. Uh, you know, you got to remember we work in uh, Oklahoma, but all the surrounding states too. Um, so we have a customer uh, that has a friend, and their daughter um, has get, been getting sick at school. And um, so they took her to a doctor, 
and the doctor said, you know, they did all the stuff and everything, and basically it's coming down to that there's a mold issue somewhere mm. this 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 little girl's at, and so the the doctor recommended that the house be tested, um, and then if the house is clear, they really think the problem's at the actual school. Um, then they're going to put it on the school to have the school test it. But what I'm saying here is that mold affects people. It affects everybody differently. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to go into all that. But what, if, what I can say is that it may not affect you, and you may be okay with it, but if you have customers or employees coming in, it may affect them, and it may make them really sick. And so you have to be proactive uh, because there's a whole new industry out there. One of the things I've learned in this training that I've been in for the last two weeks is that there's a whole new legal deal out there. The lawyers have caught up and they figured out that they can make money off suing sure. people that aren't taking care of it finally. And so, you know, you have to take this stuff seriously um, and it's really important to do so. Um, and so, you know, for the health and safety of your family, your employees, um, your tenants, whoever, um, you know, and it all goes back to if you have water intrusion issue, call us out so we can do a water intrusion investigation, get that water cut off before it becomes a mold issue. And then if you have a water flood, have it cleaned, I mean extracted and structurally dried properly to make sure you're not gonna have a mold issue. And if you do those two things, you're not gonna have a mold issue. That's plain and simple. You can head it off at the beginning before it becomes an issue if you just kind of do one of those two things at the beginning. Just when you take the, the proper precautions initially. One more because, again, you know, wrapping the brain around, okay, we've got water flooding, that all makes sense. But for the telltale signs of mold, what, what are they? And I know you got to get back to it, but one final question. What are some of the telltale signs? You know, the big thing is water intrusion. So if you see you have water coming in, then basically behind the walls you can you could have a mold issue that you're not seeing on the outside of it yet. Um, the other thing is, you know, water damage on walls. You know, if you see water damage on walls or ceilings or stuff like that, that's another sign that you may have an issue. Um, you know, so it's, if you see any of those kind of things, water intrusion is a big one, and then water staining and water damage is the next step. And if you see either, either one of those things, you want to get on top of it right away, have a water intrusion investigation, figure out if there's, you know, figure out, get the water stopped so um, the mold doesn't come back. You know, one of the big things in Texas and the Texas licensing is that in Texas, as a mold remediation contractor, um, you have to sign off that the water intrusion's been resolved and not coming back. Um, you know, you basically, that's part of your licensing in Texas. Um, so, you know, that, you know, they know that if you don't resolve the water issue, the mold's going to come back. Sure. So that's, it all goes back to resolve the water issue or stop the water issue before it becomes a mold issue. Um, it all comes back to that. 12-team playoff, that's big news this week. It's it's finalized. You like it? I like it. I like it. Now uh, it took all of one day for them to say, well, maybe it'll be 14 or 16. We just, <laughs> it's, uh. It's not as well-received maybe as Caven's group, which keeps growing, right? Caven's group uh, is just like Caven's group in the way that it keeps growing, but uh, on the college football playoff side, people are like, I don't know if I want more and more and more, but uh, 12 teams, right? It's kind of exciting. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. I think so, for sure. Well, Gary, appreciate you always. Thanks for having us out and uh, keeping everybody safe. 
100%. That's what we're here to do, and we're here to help. And all you have to do is pick up that phone 24-7, and we're here. We're ready to go. Plug that number in, baby. Gary, have a good one. You too. 405-573-3048 in uh, the OKC metro area. Again, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Connor, uh, the, the USC running backs coach, Keel McDonald leaves USC. He heads to the Los Angeles Chargers to join one Jim Harbaugh. And uh, I'm just going to read the tweet that I saw this morning from Adam Schefter. A trend that has emerged this winter. This is, uh, by the way, not new to this winter. It's uh, the last couple of years. But a trend that has emerged this winter. Many college coaches are tired of the transfer portal, tired of NIL money and the new NCAA world, and prefer to work in the National Football League. Many college coaches already have left. Many more want to. And uh, then the report uh, of Keel McDonald leaving USC to reportedly join the Los Angeles Chargers. Are you buying in that uh, this is, in fact, a factor for McDonald leaving USC? Yeah, a little bit. I think coaches are having a hard time kind of managing this new era of college football. So a a mixture of both uh, struggling with NIL, just everything that's going on in college football right now. And, I mean, college coaches want to get, you know, make the next step up and get to the NFL. I know Jim Harbaugh, that's always his idea was, hey, what can I do to get back up to uh, the NFL? And he finally did. He got the head coaching job for the Los Angeles Chargers. But, yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. I think there is uh, quite a bit of coaches that it's taking a toll on them handling all this in college football right now. Jim Harbaugh got that natty and then bolted. Then he bolted. Back to the uh, NFL mission accomplished before he left. And uh, he didn't leave anybody upset or any sort of drama or uh, lingering investigations in Michigan. Just did his job, and now he's he's back off to the Chargers, right? (laughs) That is right. That uh, would be uh, sarcasm, ladies and uh, gentlemen. I I don't know if uh, in this particular instance with Keel McDonald that – this is, hey, I want to get out, tired of the transfer portal, NIL money, and uh, college football, or if it's just good time to leave uh, USC. Or they're saying, hey, college football is kind of turning into the NFL, so might as well go to the NFL. There's some that felt, though, that McDonald had chances to become a college offensive coordinator, but uh, instead opted to go to the Los Angeles Chargers, so... Look, uh, that maybe is an indication that, yes, you've got a coach that doesn't want to keep dealing with name, image, likeness, and uh, this new transfer portal world of college football. And yet, you know, when you say had chances to become a college offensive coordinator, but don't say where said chances were at, I mean, are we talking somewhere laterally? To USC, are we talking? I mean, we're obviously not talking about at USC, right? So where uh, where would those opportunities have been? If it's a step down in terms of the program, then, you know, the Los Angeles Chargers gig might be equally as good as a running backs coach or better. Yeah, I but, just think yeah, sometimes you, you, are, wanna... you are seeing it a lot more, though, Josh, in these past two years. I mean, I don't, we, we don't know. Boston College coach, right? Bolts for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen it all the time now with these college coaches that are just, you know, struggling. Especially, it's hard to recruit now. It makes recruiting a lot harder, and they want to just jump to the NFL now. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. 
I mean, it's certainly not helping coaches for the most part want to stay, but I've always said and thought somebody's around the bend. If, uh, if Keel McDonald doesn't want to be the USC running backs coach, guess what? There's somebody else that wants to be the USC running backs coach. So this idea that we're losing the best and brightest, you, you still have a lot of great college football coaches, and I don't see that changing uh, immediately. Let's uh, let's get a quick phone call in before we take break number one of hour number two. Is Benny still hanging on, Connor? Yes, sir. We got right, Benny. Good morning. Good morning. That was very interesting listening to Gary and that Cayman's group, oh, I think I learned something. <laughs> Don't mess around hey, with the mold. Yeah, indeed, indeed, or, or moisture in the wall. Hey, a, a couple of quick questions. Yeah, uh, what time will you do the Saturday baseball game? What time will you be play-by-play guy? 12.30, first 12:30. pitch, uh, okay. 12.30 pregame on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, 1 o'clock uh, first pitch, and then obviously it's a doubleheader, so... Uh, well, we'll see when game one minutes. ends and uh, game two begins. Okay. My next one is, how do you figure earn run average? I know how to do batting averages, but I never have been able to figure out how you do earn run averages. Can you give me an example and, and, and how to do it? The formula for finding ERA, mm-hmm. nine times earned runs divided by innings pitched. Now give me an example. Well, uh, let me uh, let me try and out there in innings, and that way I can picture it a little better. Let me uh, let, let's say a pitcher throws six innings. Okay. So the gives up three earned runs. Okay. In um, six innings of work, right? All right. Mm-hmm. So three times uh, nine, nine innings, right? Divided okay. by the six innings that you pitch, so three oh, times okay. nine uh, divided by the six three innings you pitched, nine. you got a four point five uh, ERA. Three times nine, you multiply that and divide it by nine. That's right. Okay, well, that I've always wondered how you figured that. I've never been able to figure that out. I got to remember that. I may have to ask you again. Uh, three times nine, and then divide. Go, go go over that again one more time. Or I can Earned runs it. times uh, okay. total innings divided by uh, innings pitched. Oh, you got to divide, then you, you multiply the first and then divide. Or the uh, fail-safe is just look at what the stat sheet says. <laughs> Whatever they give you uh, for the earned run uh, average is correct. Okay. Hey, that gives me a better idea how to do it. I've never... I, 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 know, I learned how to do keep score in high school and things batting average, but I was never able to figure out ERA. Well, uh, it, it uh, <laughs> math can make the head spin. What can you say? Yeah, you darn sure can, especially that one does with my head. Hey, my friend, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Boomer Sooner, my friend, will be tuned in on you on Saturday. Yeah, hey. it'll be fun. Doubleheader. They need to get uh, a couple of – they need to get four dubs versus Wright State, and then obviously a big weekend after that in Las Vegas. Tommy, I'm sorry. Uh, he says, uh, watch your tongue with that ice talk, <laughs> Josh. I just, I'm just saying, okay, Cavens Group is here for you. If things get frosty and a pipe burst and you got a water extraction issue, Cavens Group is uh, – that's the – Folks to turn to ASAP, and don't wait. All right, let's uh, take a T.O., first T.O. of hour number two. Greg McElroy, what's he got to say about Oklahoma? We'll share it with you next. Hour number two, we roll on. Happy Thursday, everybody. 
Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. We call this the Plank Show right here on the Ref Radio Network. It's the home of Sooner fans. We, we got phone lines open for you if you want to jump in and talk college football playoff. Really anything uh, in the world of sports is uh, fair game. The Riverwind Casino jackpot line, it's all yours, 405-329-9000. Or uh, if you're more comfortable just firing off a quick take, you don't want to uh, dive in and call in the old-fashioned way, so to speak, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That is uh, all yours as well. We're hanging out today at Cavens Group. Thank you to Gary Cavens and the crew as always for welcoming us in it uh, gets a little loud and rowdy in here in the conference room but they they put up with us uh, every thursday so thank you to the crew 14 years in business and counting cavens group they got you covered again uh, a number of different issues you might run into we hope you don't but if you do emergency water extraction structural drying mold removal emergency sewage cleanup uh, just to name a few of the ways the cavens group can help you okc metro area plug the number in keep it in your phone 405-573-3048 out in t-town in tulsa 918-282-7612 greg mcelroy uh, again i was joking uh end of hour number one that i feel like i've seen this headline before like every single off season i see this headline greg mcelroy not sold on major college football program for next season the story I'm looking at is from Athlon Sports. And uh, anyways, Greg McElroy, he uh, has to have a lot of opinions on everybody now because he has his always college football show that uh, he hosts. And anyways, the comments that he made about Oklahoma, here you go, from his always college football show on Oklahoma. Uh, the Sooners, they have to prove that they are ready for the grind. Now, if you look at Oklahoma's schedule, they have one of the toughest schedules in the SEC. All right. They have Alabama, Ole Miss, Missouri, LSU, and Tennessee. All of the aforementioned teams won nine or more games last year. Now, they've recruited SEC level talent, but they also have a lot of things to prove. Now, Brent Venables in his two years in Norman. 10-8 and eight against the Big 12, which is not bad, especially when you take into account just how much better they were this past year than they were the year before, so progress was made. The problem is the Big 12 got a whole heck of a lot easier last year, and yet they still had losses to Kansas, had a loss to Oklahoma State in year number two, and three of their 10 wins came against Big 12 first-year teams in BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati all of which just now got to the Power Five. So I believe that Oklahoma is absolutely trending upward, but there are some question marks. I mean, I think Jackson Arnold's going to be a really good player. I love the hire of Seth Luttrell. I think they've done a good job of, of reinforcing some depth in the portal to an extent. They've done a good job in the recruiting trail with high school ranks. But this grind that they're about to experience with their schedule is unlike anything they've seen ever in the Big 12. Same can be said for Texas, frankly. But it does feel like with Texas's surge into the playoff last year, they're more capable and more prepared to rally up and play teams like this on a week-to-week -week basis.
Oh, man. It's just the final dig. Had to toss that one in there, didn't he, for good measure. Greg McElroy, Texas, it feels like is more prepared to rally up and play teams like this on a week-to-week basis. Why? Because they had one season where they went to the college football playoff after, I don't know, a decade of mediocrity where Texas couldn't rally up and play Big 12 programs on a week-to-week basis. So one good season, and now you're convinced that Texas is more prepared to deal with this than OU? Yeah, Texas is the team that lost to Oklahoma at the beginning of the year, and they're also the team that did play in that week Big 12 conference that uh, Greg McElroy is talking about. But he was just being pretty basic uh, throughout that whole video. Yeah, obviously the two losses were not very good for OU, Kansas, and Oklahoma State, and the Big 12 Conference in general uh, was pretty weak. But I I wouldn't say that Texas is more prepared for the SEC than Oklahoma just because uh, they made the college football playoff. There's a lot to unpack there, Connor. By the way, keep in mind, this is the same Greg McElroy that had these remarks about Texas, okay? This is Greg McElroy the other day on Quinn Ewers. Quote, if you look at where he was just two years ago to where he was last year, going from 58% completion to 69% completion, he's really close to proving he's a championship-caliber quarterback. The completion per- percentage was obviously better for uh, Quinn Ewers. But he had a better season, no he, doubt. He had a better season. but Texas had a better season. Yeah, and there were still times I felt like in the fourth quarter where it, Quinn Ewers didn't really have to make a big play. Outside of the win at Alabama, he made plenty of big plays uh, down the stretch. But I don't think he's made uh, a, a huge jump, and he shouldn't be getting talked about as much as uh, he is. But he's still a fine quarterback. I like this quote, too. Texas is back. There's no denying that. But they'll be under way more pressure now that they're in the SEC and now that they've broken through in remarkable fashion last year. End quote. So Texas is back. This is uh, th- this is who we're dealing with in Greg McElroy. Uh, everybody not named Georgia, would they not would have a problem with the schedule that includes Alabama, Ole Miss, Missouri, LSU, and Tennessee on paper? I mean, is there anybody else in the SEC that you would look at and say, okay, they're absolutely built for this? No, yeah, you're right. Outside of Georgia, it feels like everyone else has really a tough schedule in the SEC, and they're going to run into, uh, you know, some problems and some tough games week in and week out. And Oklahoma, Texas uh, did not get a friendly schedule in year one of the SEC. But, yeah, there's plenty of teams that are going to struggle at times with this SEC schedule. And especially uh, Oklahoma's schedule is is challenging. It's just – is what it is. It's the draw that OU got. You, you you know, those names, plus you add Texas to it, it's a very, very difficult conference schedule. But this is what you signed up for. And let's hope Oklahoma's up to the task for it because, you know what, if you are, then uh, guess what? We might be talking about a program that can compete for a national championship as soon as 2024, as soon as next season. This is sort of silly, but uh, – I did see, you know, everybody with the ESPN, or excuse me, the EA College Football News this morning, Connor, everybody's, you got to have a graphic, right? You have to have uh, the tweet with the, hey, here's our top 20 SEC players for next season in EA College Football 25. And, okay, it's, again, a little bit silly, but in this projected Top 25 players graded for EA College Football via the uh, very reliable at that SEC podcast. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is a very reputable source we're referencing here. Uh, I, I'm just looking up and seeing that Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman were a couple of their top 20 guys in the SEC. So that's who we're talking about returning for OU defensively. So, okay, with those guys coming back and the way you've recruited, if uh, things come together, I get the question marks. Jackson Arnold, it was up and down in the bowl game. It'll be his second start and then counting from day one next season uh, for OU. So you're breaking in, uh, albeit a very, very talented five-star, can make all the throws, can run the football and do, uh, you know, add more dimensions to this Oklahoma offense. You're adding that quarterback into the equation. But, look, he's he's green around the gills, and it'll be his second start and counting next season. So there's natural questions there for Oklahoma. But uh, there's reasons to believe that it can come together very quickly for OU in 2024. And if it does against the schedule that's on tap for Oklahoma, well, then I think we can all feel comfortable in saying, okay, maybe Oklahoma has turned the corner with Brent Venables and uh, company. And really, that was one reason that fans sort of wanted to get out of the Big 12 was winning shootout after shootout after shootout and getting into the college football playoff and then finding out, oh, wait a second, We're not cut out to go win this thing right now. Now, if you measure up to this schedule, you get in and you you pretty well know going in that, okay, we're ready. We're ready to go contend and win a national championship. Yeah, you got to put it together and play much better defensively and bringing back Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman uh, is huge for this team, Josh, in the first year of the SEC. Those are two guys that have done a lot defensively for uh, Brent Venables in his past two seasons, and those are your two leaders uh, that's going to help out the defense in even more in the first year of the SEC. The text line has thoughts, Connor, on Mr. Uh, McElroy's remarks from a couple of days ago on Oklahoma. We'll share them with you next. Hanging out at Caven's Group on this Thursday. Still time for you. If you want to dial us up, 405-329-9000, Riverwind Casino. Jackpot line, Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. It's the Plank Show back after this. Well, it is the offseason, is it not, in uh, college football, as evidenced by some not-so-rosy things about Oklahoma and uh, a lot of positivity about Texas, which, you know, from one Greg McElroy, not not shocking, and he will not be alone in that when Quinn Ewers makes the decision to come back. It was only natural that there would be positive feelings and thoughts about Texas and uh, with Dylan Gabriel, though I, I think it was, though I think it was Oklahoma's intention, right, to have Jackson Arnold be your starting quarterback and for Dylan Gabriel to wind up at uh, Oregon with the turnover there. Naturally, folks naturally we're going to feel some sort of way about it right that you have a quarterback that uh, hasn't played as much college football and uh, anyways basically what we got from greg mcelroy is i don't know how ou's going to hold up to this sec grind the text line uh, the responses are rolling in connor on the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line 405-651-3439 tommy all these sites and talking heads please keep bringing the smoke we ready, Booma. Yeah, the fans, they, they love this talk. and We've been hearing this talk for a few years now, ever since uh, they came out with the move of OU and Texas going to the SEC. I saw Eric from Moore say, so tired of hearing about the grind of the SEC. There's only three to four teams 
that are any good. The 405. I love that he doesn't mention Texas. Well, you, you fired it off too soon because right at the end uh, he did mention Texas. You knew there was going to be some Texas talk. I mean, obviously you can't see the video, but behind him you have an Alabama uh, helmet and then you have a Texas helmet right to the side of that. So, yeah, he was going to bring up Texas. The same, uh, in case you missed it, the 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 quote that probably got everybody's attention, quote, the Sooners, they have to prove that they are ready for the grind, end quote. And uh, then at the end of his remarks, the same can be said for Texas, frankly, but it does feel like with Texas's surge into the playoffs last year, they're more capable and more prepared to rally up and play teams like this on a week-to-week basis. You, you can say that for every single team in the SEC conference, that this is going to be a grind for them. When you had two powerhouses like OU and Texas, Yes, it's going to make it more difficult uh, in conference play. So it's not just Oklahoma. There's other teams that have to deal uh, with this difficult schedule. Eric from Moore chimes in and says, I'm so tired of hearing about the grind of the SEC. There's only three to four teams that are any good. Yeah, you got good teams at the top. And then, I mean, it's really not good from top to bottom. I mean, there's a big gap between the top four teams and then when you go down to the final, you know, like six or seven. Vinny Paul, I don't understand. Post-Red River, all we heard was OU is serious, OU is for real, and now it's OU still has something to prove. Eight points. Eight points is the difference between OU is legit and OU still hasn't impressed me. Well, I mean, it really it is as simple, Connor, as you weren't aggressive enough, late at uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and then uh, one too many mistakes at Oklahoma State. It's those two losses, man. If, uh, if Oklahoma had won one of those games and played uh, in the Big 12 championship and let's say lost but was very competitive again versus Texas, would the thought, would the narrative be totally different surrounding OU? Yes, it would change. People are talking about this because those are two bad losses, despite the uh, point differential, despite them being two really close games toward the end of the fourth quarter. They're still really bad losses. But, yeah, if you were able to win one, and uh, you said Big 12 championship or or get to a New New Year's Six Bowl, yeah, the perspective would definitely change. I have uh, I've been got out of the the two one four. Yes, I might have used a phrase incorrectly. I'm willing to admit that. I'm willing to step up to the plate. Gr- Josh, green, green, said, what do you say? Green around the gills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, hey, I'm not above it. I'm willing to uh, confess if and when I'm wrong. Here. We, we got a lot going on. You had to do some math for Benny earlier, which was a little difficult for you. So you didn't expect to do some. That threw me off. This math hour, on, the, on this show, yeah. I, I've been. Uh, Look, uh, the moment got too bright with uh, the math that we had to do at the beginning of uh, hour number two here. The 214 says, Josh just said JFA is green around the gills. Is he going to puke? Stomach flu? Uh, Everybody, mask. Now, when you say somebody is uh, a little bit green, that, uh, that does have the... It does at times mean like, hey, somebody's a little inexperienced, which is what I was going for. <laughs> but, yes, green around the gills, someone looks ill is uh, is what green around the gills means. Unwell, nauseous, and so, hey, I'm, I'm willing to confess that maybe that was not used properly. 
Vinny Paul says even 12 and 1 runners up in the Big 12 the perspection of OU would be totally different which is incredible fickle for people who are experienced in the game and supposedly experts the Arizona game whether it should or should not how much is that impacting things perception wise for OU if if Jackson Arnold doesn't make the you know number of mistakes that he made, if he goes out clean game, takes care of the football, and Oklahoma defensively plays a really really good game, and they win by three scores, would we nationally have a lot more optimism? Or or again, would the Kansas Oklahoma State the taste of those two games? Would that still be the overriding perception or narrative? Well. I don't think there would be much optimism at all if you just played better in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's what really stood out in the game. If you're able to, you know, close it out in the fourth quarter and beat Arizona, there wouldn't be optimistic talk about OU's move to the SEC. Obviously, Jackson Arnold uh, had to be, you know, a lot better there in the second half, especially taking care of the football. But, yeah, that fourth quarter, man, if OU just played clean in that fourth, it would be a lot different. Mark? In Tonkawa. I'm a big Sooner fan, and I don't like Greg McElroy, but really, he ain't wrong. Lost to Kansas and OS Who, both teams we should have beaten. Hard to think that that cost us a chance at the playoffs. The SEC will be tough, but I don't agree that Texas is further along than us. So, basically, what I'm gathering from that, Connor, is hey, I'm fine with Greg McElroy saying the SEC is going to be a grind for Oklahoma. Uh, they haven't proven yet under Brent Venables that uh, Oklahoma is at the place where they can, you and I and everybody can feel pretty confident and comfortable that OU will navigate Alabama, Old Miss, Missouri, LSU, Tennessee, and Texas and lift the tail to tail as a team headed to the 12 team playoff. But having said that, I also don't agree that Texas is just some light years program uh, away from OU. Is is that fair to interpret? No, you're right. Yeah, Mark and Talkwell is also right. I mean, Greg McElroy was speaking truth, but he's also just being so basic. And do not gr- agree at all at the end of that video with Texas is uh, more prepared for the SEC just because they made it to the college football playoff and they lost to Oklahoma uh, early in the year in the OU-Texas game couple more texts on this as we put a bow tie on our number two. Again, uh, phone lines, they're open for you if you want to jump in here, 405-329-9000. Top five stories of the day right around the corner as well. Josh Elmer hanging out alongside Connor Pasby. It's the Plank Show right here hanging out from Cavens Group on a Thursday. Back with you here, Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. It's the Plank Show hanging out with Gary Cavens and the crew here at Cavens Group. Cavens Group, uh, again, they've been in business for 14 years and counting, baby, and you don't do that unless you're pretty good at what you do. Cavens Group, uh, if you have any sewage cleanup issues, emergency water extraction, again, the storm season, it's just about here, and if you have flooding issues, water extraction issues, Cavens can take care of you, and again, if there's any sign of water, probably a good time, it would be the right time to have uh, the... Mold investigation and testing done, and Cavens can take care of that, or uh, any mold removal, they could take care of you uh, in that regard as well. 405-573-3048 in OKC, and in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. 
let's uh, play cleanup here on the text line before we head to the top five stories of the day. Is there a reason that we were told on the text line that Texas Roadhouse started in Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> no, but hey, we're getting we're getting some knowledge here about it. Well, they also sent this uh, out of the five eight zero. People think Oklahoma and Texas will do bad in the SEC. Watch them both make the SEC championship in year one. The the conference will flip out if that happens. It'll be like, oh, maybe the difficult isn't or the schedule isn't that difficult for them after all. Oh man, it uh, it would be pretty interesting to watch some longtime SEC fans squirm <laughs> with OU and Texas rematching in the SEC championship game. That would be uh, that would be pretty good. Probably probably unlikely, right? Yeah, fr- Frozen Sooner and Squirrel from Norman were reminding us about the yeah the fumbles that Farouk had. Uh, in the OU Arizona game, because we were talking about how Jackson Arnold needed to play a little more clean in that bowl sure. game. But yeah, but Farouk had two big time fumbles that led to points uh, on the other end for Arizona that played a huge part in that game. And, and that's yeah, that's a that's a fair point from Squirrel and uh, from Frozen Sooner Sam in Edmond. I think the narrative around OU is more because Jackson Arnold only has one game of experience, and he turned the ball over in that one game. Had he not had the turnovers, I think that would change the narrative more than, again, the losses to Kansas and Oklahoma State impacting the way that people feel about OU uh, heading into 2024. I think I mostly agree that uh, probably the bowl game, whether it should be or not, is a fair question for debate. But that lasting image of Oklahoma is, hey, defense didn't necessarily play great. And, oh, by the way, your starting quarterback that you're turning to going forward didn't take care of the football uh, in the bowl game. That's it for hour number two. Two of the books, top five stories of the day, next.